Hey everyone, Shiverish Charlie here. I hope everybody's having a great day. So, before I get started on this new segment, I just want to give everybody a heads up that for every investment opinion strategy that I tell you, it's just my opinion, all right? It's an investment strategy that I've also thought that could be really good for you guys. I am no way, shape, or form a financial advisor. Alright, I better say that now before they try to sue me. Whoever tries to sue me. (laughs) Anyways, so just want to get that off my chest. Let you guys know that everything I tell you guys is just my opinion. It's just advice for investing. Um, You guys can do it, look more into it. Uh, Do your own due diligence. Alright guys, so this segment today, I will be talking about the tricks of of purchasing a home I've been getting some messages about people asking me what tricks I was talking about in last episode so I will break it down now so when you buy a house right you don't just get the money that you have out of your bank all right because for most of us we don't have enough for that what you do is you go to a loan officer or you can go to a bank who is also a loan officer in the bank and you're asking for a loan. Now what they're going to do is they're going to get two pay stubs, two recent pay stubs of yours, two W-2s. They're going to get your uh, taxes, two thousand, the last two years of your taxes. They're going to ask for a lot of information all right, over the last two years because they want to know that you qualify. They want to see if you qualify for a certain amount of money. All right, they want to get you the best rate, the best money, not only for you, but it helps them out. You know, they get some commission off of it. All right. So that is what they're doing. Now, the trick number one is that everything is just for paper. What I mean by that is you're writing all this stuff down. You're giving them all this information and it's just on paper when it goes down to like the loan officers uh, bosses and them and they overlook it they call it underwriters when they look at it they want to see that you qualify and can take care of a mortgage for a certain amount now it's just what's on paper so when I bought my first house I didn't qualify for enough money by myself all right yes I had enough money in my bank yes that was all savings but what I was working hourly I didn't qualify to make a $300,000 or $350,000 mortgage on my own. All right. I think I only qualified for about two fifty. So when I found that out, I was pretty upset and I had my, you know, hopes down. And what I found out was that you just need to make it look good on paper. All right. So I recommend this, but only if you are reliable. And know that you will be reliable for the other person. Okay? It's called having a co-signer. So what I did is I asked my older sister if she could co-sign for me. I said, hey, look, do you mind co-signing for me? You don't have to put no money. You don't have to do anything. Only thing I need is for you to be on paper. Because, like I said, it goes to underwriters. They want to see if I could qualify for over $300,000. You know? So... My sister said, I don't know, Junior. That's what they call me, nickname Junior. Um, I don't feel comfortable. And I said, look, I would never do you wrong. 
and me as a person, as a man that I am, where I was raised to be, I would never screw anybody over. All right. And like I said, this is a way to, you know, to get what you need, a co-signer. But remember, when you're co-signing, you're basically in you're basically putting the other person in charge of your debt. So say, God forbid, I wasn't able to make the payment, right? At that age, I, I was behind on the payments. I couldn't do it. And what they would do is they would foreclose it and me and my sister would be in debt. All right. So a lot of people out there, you know, they get their parents to co-sign and this and that. And that's that's great. You know, that's great that you have a support system like that. But just remember, don't screw your family over. Don't screw who's helping you out. So if your parents are co-signing for you and like I said, you can't make the payments or something happens, you're behind and what they do is they go after your parents now because your parents co-signed. Basically, they vouched for you. So that is what I did. I had my sister co-sign for me. I didn't have her do anything. She didn't have to put no money in. All I needed was her name. And I told her, say, look, it'll help your credit out. It'll help me out. And after a certain amount of time, uh, you could do like after six months, you can refinance, which is you basically get a loan. Again, you're refinancing, getting another loan for the for your house that you got, and you can take her name off. You could take your parents' name off. You could take whoever co-signed for you off. So that's what I did. I promised her after six months, I will co-sign. I, I mean, I will refinance and get her name off so that she is not reliable for it anymore. Because I know I could do it. She, I think she knew I could do it. But the banks are the ones that need to be convinced that you can do it. And like I said, everything is written on paper. All right. It has to look good on paper. So that's a trick that I did. All right. Uh, another thing for those who may not have like the down payment to put on a home, but someone wants to gift you like five thousand, ten thousand dollars. It could be a grandmother, grandparents, your parents, something like that. And they want to give you money. All they have to do is write down a little letter saying that they gifted you this amount of money. And that could be used to put a down payment on a home to help you. Because when you're asking for a loan and you need money to put down, they want to know where all your money comes from. So you can't just have $20,000 sitting at home and then you put it out and they're just like, whoa, what did... Where did you get the $20,000 from? And, you know, you're probably doing something on the side to make some extra cash. Well, you have to explain that and you have to show proof of it. So a trick for that, if you have that much money, is if you put $500 into your account a week, it doesn't get flagged. All right. They won't over. They won't look that up or they won't ask you questions. All right. So remember, if you could put $500 a week into your account it won't get flagged. Anything above that, if you go 600, 1,000, they'll flag that and they'll ask questions when they do underwriting and they're looking to see like, oh, well, where did this money come from? You know, So just give you guys a heads up when they look at your statements because they are going to ask for bank statements as well. So those are some tricks. Um, another trick that I did, when you have a mortgage, you're paying the principal and you're paying the interest. You're also paying taxes. 
property taxes, all right? And there's a certain thing called property mortgage insurance. It's called a PMI, all right? What property mortgage insurance does is if you're putting the minimum down on a home, uh, whether it's 3%, 5%, they are going to require that you pay property mortgage insurance to cover the bank's ass, basically. You're covering their butt. So, God forbid you're not able to make the payments and you you end up going to foreclosure. The loan that the bank gave you, they get covered from that insurance. So, just like you get insurance for your car, you get insurance for your, your house, you get insurance for your boat, whatever. They're getting insurance for that mortgage, all right? So, it's covering their ass. So, that's what you have to pay. But, here's a trick to not have to pay it. Well, regardless, you have to pay it. First trick... You have to put 20% down. If you could put 20% down, which is basically 20% of whatever the, the home value is, then you don't have to pay the PMI when you're paying your home mortgage. All right? But if you don't, then you have to pay PMI. You have to pay escrow. You have to pay interest. And you have to pay the principal. That's what your total amount comes to. Okay? So here's the trick. What you do is you buy the house, obviously, and you keep paying the payments for a good year, two years, right? After two years, look at how much you owe, how much your your loan is worth. Look how much you owe because say you're paying for the next two years, you probably already paid, what, $40,000? Maybe, if you're, depending on what you're paying, putting down. So that means if you got a loan for two hundred thousand, now you only owe one hundred and sixty thousand because you paid one hundred and forty thousand. I mean, you paid forty thousand. So you're down to one sixty. So the trick is to see how much your house is worth. All right. Say you bought the house for two hundred. Well, after two years, the property of your home went up. Say it went up to four hundred thousand. Eh, that's probably too much. Three hundred thousand, right? So if your house value went up to 300,000 and you only owe 160,000, when you look at when you refinance and you say, "Okay, I want to refinance, but I don't want to pay the PMI." What they're looking is to see that you already invested 20% of what the home is worth. You guys get me? So, in the beginning, you put 20% down of the home what the home is worth you put 20% down you don't pay PMI you don't pay the property mortgage insurance but after two years if you refinance and your house value went up higher and what you already paid if you look at the difference and you look at 20% of what the house value is and it's already over 20% then you can take off the PMI which means that in your mortgage you're paying less. You're not paying that $200 extra every month just to cover your mortgage and your bank's ass. You know what I mean? So that's one trick, all right? Another thing is that there's a thing in your mortgage called escrow. Now, what escrow basically is, is a little company on the side that you give all your money to for the mortgage, and they send a piece to the principal, they send a piece to the taxes, they send, I mean, a piece to the interest, they say, they send a piece to property taxes, and they send a piece to the prop, the PMI, the property mortgage insurance. They're just a middleman. So, 
once you're able to take off that PMI, or I think you can even do it before that. Look into that. Actually, I'll look into that. I'll let you guys know. Once you've discovered all that, you can take off the escrow and you can do it yourself. So like for me, my mortgage is at a good rate right now and I don't pay escrow. I pay my property taxes every six months separately, which lowers my cost on whatever my mortgage is. And I took off the PMI after two years, I refinanced and I was I had 20% of value in my home that I already invested in it after paying two years of mortgage. So they took off that as well. So all I'm paying for right now is principal and interest. That's it. Isn't that crazy? Every six months, I just pay property taxes on my own. So those are some shortcuts that you can do in order to minimize the the mortgage of your home. You know, I know a lot of people that are paying like $3,000 a month for a house, but, and they don't even know this trick. They're just paying it. They're just paying it. They're just paying it. And right now with the whole COVID, you got such a low interest rate. Their interest rates are so low everywhere right now, guys. If you have a choice and a chance to, to refinance, I would definitely look into that. All right. So those are the tricks that everybody's asking me about and that you can do. All right. So like I said, I'm not a professional. This is just my advice and some tricks that I discovered. You guys should look into them and see if you guys can do it as well. Uh, Once again, it's possible, guys. You guys can buy a home. Anybody can get it. You just got to be disciplined on your money, on your actions, and you can do it. So I hope everybody has a great day. Um, I am about to spend some time with my wife. Uh, she gets off of working a little bit. So God bless you all. If you guys have any questions, like I said, feel free to message me. I have no problem answering some questions, giving you guys my opinion. All right. Take care. I'll see you guys on Wednesday.